What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. You don't just live in your home, you live in your neighborhood as well. So when you're shopping for a home, you want to know as much about the area around it as possible. Luckily, Homes.com has got you covered. Each listing features a comprehensive neighborhood guide from local experts. Everything you'd ever want to know about a neighborhood, including the number of homes for sale, transportation, local amenities, cultural attractions, unique qualities, and even things like median lot size and a noise score. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's L-E-E. ESA.com slash iHeart. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school, you're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The year is 1992, and actor Edward James Olmos is on his way to becoming a Hollywood icon. Coming off an Oscar nomination for his iconic role in Stand and Deliver, Edward James Olmos earned the biggest opportunity yet for a Latino filmmaker to direct and star in a major Hollywood release. And he chose a controversial subject for his directorial debut, the Mexican Mafia, a notorious prison and street gang that at the time was at the height of its powers. It was a bold move and it didn't end well. That film was called American Me. The critics liked the movie, but the Mexican Mafia did not. Just weeks after the premiere, Several people who worked on the movie were murdered. Almost never addressed the killings. He still hasn't. Maybe it's because allegedly he himself was threatened and extorted. In fact, while I've been researching and interviewing people related to this film that came out 30 years ago, over and over again, I get eerily similar responses like, I won't talk about that, or flat out told, leave this alone. More Than a Movie American Me is a podcast that digs into the history and mystery of American Me, a film directed by and starring Edward James Olmos that had a huge impact on Latino culture and cinema. 
I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and I'll be diving into the controversy behind the movie. The early 1990s was an explosion of pop culture in L.A. about L.A. Blood in. Blood out. So the 90s was just the, like, hangover from, you know, the the Cold War. I don't know. There's a lot of 90s, 90s nostalgia now, but I remember being afraid every day. Like, Y2K, HIV, uh, the the gangs, the police, like it feels very similar to like these past few years of COVID in terms of like just the angst and fear that you can just feel from the community. That's Eric Galindo, a Mexican-American writer and producer that grew up right here in Los Angeles. Eric is right. L.A. in the 90s was scary to a lot of Angelinos. But the fear level went to new heights when the LAPD brutally beat a man named Rodney King. In 1992, another movie came out from a script that had been kicking around for years. It was a movie about Latino gangs in L.A. Al Pacino was allegedly slated to play the lead role. We all know Al loves to play Latinos. But in the blowback to Scarface, the studio got cold feet. Like a lot of movies in Hollywood, it got put on the shelf until a Latino actor emerged as a potential movie star. Edward James Olmos, fresh off a nomination for an Academy Award, was offered the role. In response, almost told the studio he would take the part if he could also direct. After some back and forth and some assurances that a more experienced Reed White director would be around to help Eddie, they agreed. But almost had something different in mind for the script. He wanted it to feel real, to be connected to his roots as a Chicano in East L.A., and to address what he felt was tearing his community apart, gang violence. But to do that, he did something that many people thought was brave, but others thought was reckless. The Aryan Brotherhood and the Black Gorilla family shared the yard. But Folsom belonged to us. The oldest clica. La M. The Mexican Mafia. He made the movie about a real gang. One of the most intimidating and dangerous prison and street gangs of all time, the Mexican Mafia, a.k.a. La M. A gang that survives today and was no less powerful 30 years ago when Edward James Olmos decided to base the movie on what he claimed was a true story about them. Then, people started dying. The movie was called American Me. Here's one of the actors, Danny De La Paz, when he found out someone who'd worked on the movie had just been killed. We were in France, um, along the Riviera, at the Cannes Film Festival with American Me, when uh, we heard the news of Anna's assassination, basically. And uh, I remember feeling a little bit scared. I was in a foreign country. I was far from home. And I was like, wow, what am I going to be going back home to? The Anna he's referring to is Anna Lizarraga, who was a gang interventionist hired by the movie as a gang liaison. And on May 13th, 1992, she was gunned down in her East L.A. driveway while unloading groceries. So yeah, it made sense that Danny De La Paz was scared back then. Today, 30 years later, it's hard to get people to talk about it. Here's another American Me actor, Sal Lopez. My job was to do my part, and I, I didn't feel, uh, you know, 
intimidated or, or or anything like that. I I mean, I was focused on doing the work and making a good film. I, I you know, I I, I don't want to speak about. It. This is a movie people still don't want to talk about. Some of them are scared of the consequences to themselves. Some of them want to protect the movie's director, Edward James Olmos. Some of them don't see why we want to dredge up the past. I wanted to make this podcast because as a filmmaker, American Me was an unprecedented opportunity for Latinos in Hollywood, a Latino director, cast, and crew. But I also think it's worth asking two questions. One, why were people killed for making a movie? And two, why did Edward James almost make this movie when people warned him again and again it was dangerous? We'll dig into the history and mysteries around one film that had a huge impact on the culture. We're talking about American Me. Think of this podcast like an audio documentary. The first half of this 12-episode series is going to be about the Hollywood rumors and word on the street that have surrounded this movie for 30 years. In the second half of the episodes, though, we're going to do our best to get down to the truth. Let's start with the rumors. Even today, people are still afraid to talk about this movie. We had people cancel interviews or refuse to talk on the record. I spent hours in person over coffee or on the phone talking to high-level people who had worked on this film, who at the end of our really candid conversation would say to me, they would never talk on the record. We had people call us from blocked numbers so we wouldn't know who was calling. One lawyer agreed to talk to us, then her husband told her not to. He was still afraid for their safety three decades later. I've pieced together the parts of the story I can. It all started with a chapter in a memoir by Danny Trejo, better known as Machete or a million other roles as the scariest looking motherfucker you've ever seen. Here's Trejo talking about it to Vlad TV. The person in charge of that movie made a lot of mistakes. American Me? Yeah. Edward James Almost. Yeah. Okay. A lot of mistakes. Do you know him? He'll admit it. What, do you know him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he... Okay. Uh, I, I saved his life, really, and he won't admit that either. See, Trejo, who's not in the movie, is a pivotal figure in this story. According to him, this is how it went. Edward James Almost never got permission from the Mexican mafia to tell this story. Before it even went into production... Key members of the gang had read the script and warned Trejo not to work on the movie. During production, Trejo says he was asked to be a consultant, but refused to do it out of respect for the gang. When the movie finally premiered, the Mexican mafia was enraged. Almost had fabricated important details about their lives. Here's Trejo again. You just got to be real careful about telling the truth, okay? The leader of the Mexican mafia was never raped. Yeah. All right? So that's number one. You can hear in his voice, this still makes Danny Trejo mad. Portraying the rape of the gang's leader, which never happened and could never happen to someone elevated to the leader of the Mexican mafia, got people killed. Now let's say this right away. Getting raped doesn't make you weak. Getting assaulted isn't anyone's fault. But according to federal indictments and according to Trejo, for the Mexican mafia, it's one of four reasons to turn people away from the gang. See, the movie tends to make its point using rape. I don't know how else to say it. When Santana is a kid, he's raped in juvie. When his mom gets pregnant, she's raped by a sailor. When Santana gets out of prison, he starts to rape his girlfriend. The gang uses rape as a punishment in prison. So of course it enraged the Mexican mafia. And that's what Trejo said numerous times during the promotional campaign for his book. He talked to GQ, Vlad TV, Steve-O, pretty much everybody. Except us, of course. 
Danny didn't want to talk about American Me anymore. I can't say why for certain. Maybe it's because the book has been out already for more than a year and he's done promoting it. Or maybe it's because, according to one source, he and Olmos had a difficult phone conversation after the book's release. But even without Danny Trejo's account, rumors have flown about for years. One of them is undoubtedly true. At least three people were killed after this movie came out, and court records say it was partly because of their involvement. But there's other murkier allegations. The big one is that Edward James almost had a price on his head. The rumor is almost had to pay the Mexican mafia some amount of money to stay alive. Some people told us it was $100,000. One person told us it was a million. But no one with firsthand knowledge has confirmed this, and rumors are just that. Rumors. There's another allegation. This one from Danny Trejo. At least four people in prison were killed because of their participation in this movie. Trejo says in total, eight or as many as ten people were killed in connection with the film. Without their names, though, we can't say whether it's true or not. And when it comes to people's lives, there's a big difference between eight and ten. Some of the stuff Trejo said we were able to verify. Some of it is directly contradicted in our interviews, and some of it we can't say either way. What I'm saying is, take his account with a big grain of salt. And Danny, if you ever want to talk, our lines are open. We'll get into it after the break. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey, everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to More Than a Movie. I'm Alex Fumero, and I'm here to take you through the myths and legends surrounding American Me. The story of American Me is the story of Montoya Santana, almost based a character on the real-life founder of the Mexican mafia, Rodolfo Cadena. But let's try to separate fact from fiction a little bit here. The movie puts a young Santana in juvie where he starts a gang. That also happened to the real-life guy. Santana grows up as the best friend of a white guy with a prosthetic leg in a Latino gang. That's also based on real life. And Santana gets stabbed to death and thrown off a railing in prison. That's what happened to Cadena. From reporting, Trejo's book, court records, and the stuff we learned in interviews and on background, it seems like the Mexican mafia took exception with their portrayal in this movie. Remember that white guy with the fake leg? His name is Joe Morgan, and he filed a lawsuit in 1993 against Edward James Olmos and the studio Universal. He said the movie, quote, invaded his right to privacy by appropriating his likeness and life story, end quote. What that means is the movie stole his life story, lied about him in that life story, then profited. Here's his lawyer, Milton Grimes. There was some dispute as to some of the uh, things they portrayed Mr. Morgan in. Mm -hmm. And there was um, some uh, disagreement with uh, people that were knowledgeable or involved in the uh, Mexican Association 
and uh, they disagreed with some of the portrayals in there of Mr. Morgan and um, some disputes and disagreements came out of that. And um, that's what happened. Joe's nickname was Pegleg for obvious reasons. He claimed in the lawsuit that his character committed several murders that the real-life Joe Morgan was never charged with. He said his kids and his grandkids would see the movie and think it was all true. Rather than being a a terror or a a monster that would attack and I was supposed to shiver in front of, I remember him being a mild-mannered grandfatherly type, to be honest with you. The monster was not there. Uh And I have to admit that I had some concerns with meeting the infamous Joe Morgan. Only exhibit that Morgan's legal team entered into evidence was a VHS copy of American Me. But most of the people offended by this movie didn't take their problems to court. The three murders we could directly connect to the movie were of two gang members and a gang interventionist hired by the movie as a gang liaison. Her name was Ana Lizarraga. Lizarraga was already marked for death before this movie, according to federal court filings. At a 1990 gang meeting recorded by the police, a Mexican mafia member said that Lizarraga was interfering with drug trafficking on their turf. But it wasn't until she participated in American Me that she was shot 13 times in her driveway. One of the shooters was initiated into the Mexican mafia because of the murder. In line with almost his commitment to making this movie true to life, the production used people from the neighborhood as extras. Some of those extras were in rival gangs, and that caused some problems. We'll talk to the casting director and the location manager who had to deal with all that. One person we won't talk to, and I want to be upfront about this, is Edward James Almos. Through a mutual friend, he told us he, quote, can't talk about American Me. Can't. Let that settle in. When American Me went into production, Edward James almost was on a roll. Blade Runner, Miami Vice, and of course, Stand and Deliver, which got him an Oscar nom, and probably more importantly to him, positioned him as a role model for the community. I wouldn't do that if I was you. I lose a finger, I won't be able to count to ten. Like many actors at the height of his fame, almost wanted to direct. And he picked this script, a script about a gang. That's not totally unexpected after the success Italian-American filmmakers had seen with The Godfather and Goodfellas. Who didn't watch those two movies and wish they were part of the mob? I certainly did. When Andy Garcia became The Godfather, I felt like I'd been made. But American Me was supposed to be about how the gangster life is a total fantasy. A nightmare, really. In that way, the story of American Me is a success. But the story of American Me is also a failure. Because the movie that was intended to prevent gang violence instead caused more of it. Here's actor Jacob Vargas. Do you see any irony in uh, a film that was intended to stop gang violence that maybe it actually recruited more people to Um, it? I mean, I I guess there is some irony in that. uh, But uh, but I feel like I'm sure it it probably stopped a few kids, you know? Like, I'm sure... A lot of people will see that and say, hey, I don't want any part of that as well. I feel like with certain movies, you know, it can, it can be singled out that American Me is the only one. Like, you look at, like, you know, The Goodfellas and all these other films that are, that are cautionary tales about the mafia, mm. you know, in, in a way tend to glorify it, you know. And they just because, you know, these actors did a really good job and all these characters were were cool and, and uh, you know, Santana was like a cool dude and, 
you know, he was in charge and, and uh, you know, held a lot of power. So I just think that there's an, an attraction to, you know, to that. And some people will look at that above, above what the real meaning of, of, uh, of, you know, of, the, of the film is, that it's a vicious cycle. American Me was successful in most of the ways a movie is supposed to succeed. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars. It premiered at Cannes. It didn't make a lot of money, but it wasn't a massive financial failure either. And it went on to become a fan favorite. But still, the controversy surrounding it has always overshadowed the success. This was a majority Chicano production, filmed in East L.A. If it had gone right, it could have been The Next Goodfellas or Boys in the Hood, a movie that launched careers. There could have been tons of mid-90s imitation movies, like how Stand and Deliver gave us Dangerous Minds and, my favorite, 187. Stupid Indians. But most of all, Edward James almost could have become our Robert De Niro and our Martin Scorsese. Don't get me wrong, he's a huge success. He has a career anyone would be proud of, but that what-if bothers me. Especially when Latinos make up 1 in 5 Americans, but only 1 in 20 actors on screen. I wonder if it bothers him, too. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy. Which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. Stay Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, Stay Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tudor shows wherever you get your podcasts. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. 
I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome back to More Than a Movie, American Me. I'm Alex Fumero. About a month after American Me premiered, an uprising broke out across L.A. Stores burned. People were scared. It was the result of racial tensions and police brutality in the powder keg that was Los Angeles in the early 1990s. People complain today about how crime is on the rise, but that's only true if you look at the last two years. Today, about 1 in 20,000 people is killed each year in L.A. In the early 90s, it was 1 in 5,000 people, four times higher. Joe Biden, who was a senator back then, called 1992 the most violent period in American history. We're in the worst period of violent crime in the entire history of this great country. 90,000 Americans will have been murdered in the first term of this administration. 90,000 Americans murdered by the end of this year. Murder is the number one cause of death in America, Mr. President, and among the entire American population of 15 to 24-year-olds, it's the second leading cause of death. Writer Eric Galindo was in elementary school when he saw smoke from the fires caused by the so-called L.A. riots. And I remember one day, like, the teachers were just, like, um, they, they took us all out to, like, the field, you know? And we could see they were burning uh, Somerset, which was Compton Boulevard at the time. 
And our school was like, I don't know, it was definitely walking distance from like the 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 little liquor stores that were getting burnt down the street. And you could see the fire. We're waiting for our parents, what was happening. But as soon as we started seeing the smoke get really close to us, they just had us run. And I remember running and being so afraid because, you know, by this time, the, the riots had been going on for a minute. And I had heard stories of the police shooting people who were just running, you know. And I remember running and being afraid that I was going to get shot by a cop thinking I had stolen some shit, you know. And, like, I had my little brother who was only two years younger than me. And I was just, like, running home and then like getting home and locking the doors and just not not knowing like well it's 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 weird because it was like you're afraid of the there's chaos you know and here's milton grimes again who is also rodney king's attorney but that verdict in simi valley man um felt like a mule had kicked me in my stomach mm. you know like in, back in the country, we always would warn, don't go behind that horse boy, don't go behind that mule, It'll kick it, kill you. And it felt like I had been kicked in the stomach. You know, it was painful. So I understand the young people involved. I've represented Henry Watson and I represented uh, Damian Williams football mm-hmm. after that on other matters, okay? And talked to them about what happened with Reginald Denny, and they said, no, he didn't do nothing. That white man didn't do nothing wrong to us. It was just our anger. That's all it was, that anger at whites. We did get lucky in one respect. All the time they were filming the movie, there was a documentary crew following the production. What they made was a doc called Lives in Hazard, and it's great because you get to hear from the real-life gang members at the time this movie was made. You struggle here, and, and, and you got to find a way of making money, and, you know, my... You know, robbing got old and stealing got old and drugs seemed to be easier to make money. And my easiest way was, at the time, was pushing PCP. I was liking it and I was living the fast lane till I hit the wrong car and sold to the wrong person. And that's what started my career in institutions. I heard like shots. So when I heard the car behind me, I knew it was a drive-by. I turned this way, when I turned this way, that's when he shot me in the back. We talked to the filmmakers of that documentary, too. This is one of the directors, Andrew Young. These are people who are neglected. You know, they're not paid attention to. And, in fact, that's, that can be cited as part of the problem. Um, they look for their own system of self, you know, generating self-respect because they're not getting it from society. American Me was a major studio film released in theaters across the country, but it lost money. It only played in about 800 theaters and made $13 million. My Cousin Vinny, which was released the exact same day, made $52 million, but in almost twice as many theaters. At first, I thought, that's some racist Hollywood bullshit. They didn't promote it or didn't put it in enough theaters. But then we heard in our interviews that this movie didn't play well with older Chicano audiences at the time. Today, American Me is a cult classic to young Latinos. But back then, it seemed to confuse or piss off their parents. They saw it as a film that made their culture look violent. But to me, it reflected some of the real problems our culture still has to this day. We're going to talk in this podcast about issues like machismo and homophobia and violence, how this movie both pushed back against it, but also reinforced it. We'll break down the decisions made by the cast and the crew, both on set and in pre-production. We'll meet some of the people behind the scenes and in front of the camera and try to tell the stories of the people who were caught in the crossfire. I'm a documentary filmmaker, 
and a Latino who has been working in the entertainment industry for 20 years. If there's one thing I know, it's the way Latinos are portrayed and treated in Hollywood. And that's why when I heard the story of American Me, I knew it was about more than just the movie or the rumors or even the fallout. What happened to American Me is about who we are as a people and what could have been. This is more than a movie, American Me. More Than a Movie, American Me is a production of Exile Content Studios and Trojan Horse in partnership with iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. The show is produced by me, Alex Fumero, at Angry Yuka on the Internets. And our senior producer is Nigel Duara. Rose Reed and Kareem Tapsh are the executive producers. Production assistants from Sabine Jansen, Anna Octavio, and Stella Emmett. Mixing and sound design by Eduardo Albornoz. Our executive producers at iHeart are Giselle Bances and Arlene Santana. For more podcasts, listen to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.